little tickle in my nose. A little tickle in your nose? Yeah. I can't get it out. Oh, no. Sibilance. Sibilance. <laughs> Sibilance. How's that sound? That sounds terrible. Sibilance. What about that? That was great. Thank you. I shouldn't stress the S. S. If you say S for too long, it turns into an H. Oh, yeah. <laughs> S. It's kind of like ASMR. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all working out. Um, so the microphones are okay? Yes, our microphones are okay, and I think that we're ready to do our dirty work. Okay, well, let's get dirty. Let's get all down right. and dirty. Me and Boss are back for another week of Franco-February and another edition of the Raincoat Report. Yes. And we've got with us this week boss yes finally <laughs> we got him back on the show <laughs> um your agent and my agent almost couldn't work out that contract but yeah there the was, last minute yeah there what was a last minute thing that we uh, had to sort out but they got the deal signed it's it's on paper it's in the books and i still got this tickle in my nose so uh <laughs> How's uh how's your life going? I'm I've, I got a new job. Oh, uh, yeah. I told you. I'm telling them now. I don't don't look for me at the dollar store. You won't find me there. <laughs> for all of our fans that have been searching for you at various dollar stores. Yeah, just all of them around town. All of them around the country. Yeah, they don't know. And in other countries, perhaps. <laughs> but no, you won't find me there no more. Uh, now I make teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's quite a career yeah um it's uh it's kind of like a, it's manufacturing the teeth for um like children when they're born we get them <laughs> ready to be uh we help the stork <laughs> with the teeth we sew the teeth the babies are born um and they have two rows of teeth Two sets, not two rows, like a shark. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like a second row that comes in and pushes out the first row. Yeah. There's not a third row. Not yet. Not Maybe yet. your company needs to get on that. Yeah, I'm going to pitch that soon, I think, once I'm in there a little bit more. Uh, but that's it. This job probably won't have as many fun antics, I don't think. Um, there's a high schooler that works there and he talks like a school shooter. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah. He's a, I usually put my headphones in so I don't have to hear him, but he seems very edgy for no particular reason that I can discern. Well, that's what being in high school is kind of like. Yeah. I don't remember. It's been too long. I just remember, uh, remember high school now <laughs> i don't have any more memories of it I remember staring at the wall because that was our version of detention in catholic school oh yeah yeah we stared at the wall and counted the bricks that's a bummer yeah you didn't have to count the bricks but that was how you would kind of pass the time right um it's called it's called a jug it's justice under god <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that an honest uh, term used? 
Yeah, that's what they called it. <laughs> that was what was on the slip. It was J-U-G, and they were a little um, like an acronym, little dots. Oh, boy. And you would stand there for half an hour to an hour, um, count bricks. And I could never count all the bricks. I would lose my place and would have to start over a lot. I feel like using the word God in the title of it is really self-involved and really uh, self-promoting, I guess. like Promoting God? No, promoting themselves that their actions are somehow like the acts of God. Uh, I think they're involved in the in the uh, the diocese, so I think it's all it all flows down from the Pope. <laughs> he's probably has to like look at each of these individually and decide <laughs> if we actually deserved attention or not first. <laughs> so what you're saying is that the Pope sentenced you to punishment? Yeah, the Pope sentenced me to hard time. <laughs> Um, well, he was probably right. Yeah, but then he died. Oh, yeah. Joke's on him. Yeah, joke's on him. Now he can't punish me anymore. <laughs> He's in hell for punishing me already. And for being Polish. <laughs> That's a ticket straight to hell. Oh, boy. So. <laughs> you uh... shouldn't have let me go this far off course. <laughs> Oh, boy, we have so much podcasting to do today, and we're already falling off the rails. Yeah, but I, I make teeth now. Um, use a hammer. I use a chisel. I use a boiler. I use a little knife. I pick the plastic off the top of the teeth, and I shuck them like an oyster. <laughs> it's pretty great. It sounds excellent. You're yeah. doing the Lord's tooth work. Yeah. I'm doing the tooth fairies work. Dentistry under God. Yeah, dog, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for listening to our podcast. I'm gonna turn it over to Boss. All right. So, uh, yeah, welcome again to the Raincoat Report. Uh, this week, as Jeremy alluded to several minutes ago, uh, we're continuing Franco February, and this time we have quite a film to talk about. Yes. It is the 1987 production Fallow Crest, mm -hmm. uh, which is a parody of TV's Falcon's Crest. Yeah, it's uh, which is like a, a, a prime time soap opera about a family's vineyards. Yeah, it's kind of the same genre as the uh, more famous Dallas which was also yeah. uh, parodied in a film made just before this one. Yeah, I saw that was on there after uh, we covered this one. Was it Dallas or Dynasty? Oh, Dynasty, I think. Okay, I think yeah. it was Dynasty. But all three of those were kind of operating in the same uh, genre. time and place yeah. and genre, so it's easy to get them mixed up. Yeah, primetime soap opera yeah. weirdness that was super popular in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I've seen a little bit of Dallas, but I really haven't seen any of the other two. So, um, I always like the name Falcon's Crest. It sounds very honorable. Right. Very, uh, I don't know, like a knightly chivalric, you know, you've got a, you've got a falcon on your crest and the falcon's one of the best birds. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, it's, um, 
they're small and fast. Yeah, they yeah. Eat other smaller birds, which is fine by me. <laughs> um, if it's not them, it's going to be a cat that gets them. So I'd rather creatures of the air should eat creatures of the air, and creatures of the land shall eat creatures of the land. What about man? Creatures of man shall eat creatures of man. Oh. <laughs> That's just um, fistfuls of semen. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that that does happen to tie into this film. Oh, yes. Yes, it does. But uh, we'll get to that here shortly. So. Yeah. So I've never seen the source material, and I've just been riffing on Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this comes out of Jess's, well, late 80s period, based off of it being in 87. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a time where Jess was making a lot of hardcore films. We covered Lulu's Talking Ass last year, and that was uh, within a couple years of this production. Yeah, I think it was a couple years earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this has uh, a lot of distinctions here. Um, first off, it is Jess's last erotic film until 1996 when uh, Killer Barbies came out, which is sort of more of a horror movie, but it's it's very yeah. erotic. Was Mary Cookie, was that 98? Yeah, that okay. was a bit so that after was just, that. Okay. So there's just this long gap between this. Now, he made several more action-y films following this. He got right. some action-y films with kind of bigger-for-him budgets. Mm-hmm. But then he also had some problems with some producers and ended up going a few years without making any movies before coming back in 96. So um, this was an interesting period for him. Jess's hardcore films of this era kind of have a very tame spirit to them, whereas a lot of Jess's softcore stuff in the decades preceding this had a lot of... uh, kinky S&M type stuff and then most of Jess's stuff was straightforward and kind of focused just on uh, little comic premises like for example Lulu's titular talking ass yeah that one was we kind of mentioned it a week or two ago I think on one of the other episodes about how no one really gets hard in that film right which is uh not great for hardcore, and it kind of goes on for a little bit too long with right. a, just a bunch of scenes of guys trying to fuck with nothing going on. Right. Uh, this film fixes that. Yes, this film is actually kind of very different from pretty much all of Jess's other hardcore work. Uh, right. At least of the period. You do have some earlier stuff, like uh, during his period with Erwin C. Dietrich, he made a film called... Uh, Marquis de Sade or uh, Doriana Gray, depending on where you see it. But it's a film that has a hardcore version that just shot. And it is a kind of a Marquis de Sade tale with uh, Lena Romay and all of that. And that, that does kind of have the classic Jess Franco weirdness to it in a non-comedic way. Um, this one has it all there, but definitely presented in a comedic way. But, you know, again, unlike the films being made in the prior years, this goes deep into the S&M type stuff. It goes uh, into some incest angles. Um, there's a situation involving a dog. There's uh, some scatological elements. Yeah. There's... And uh, 
just really a lot of stuff being thrown at the screen that Jess really hadn't been doing for a while. Yeah, it's a bit more like some of the more extreme hardcore stuff that was maybe coming out of Italy with, oh, I shouldn't have brought her up, I can't remember her name, but she was a very famous uh, porn star in Italy of the mid to late 80s who did a number of very extreme films and then I think maybe became a parliament member. Ooh, I don't know who that is off the top of my head. I think her name's Elonia something. Let me look it up. Okay. I know the band Bulldozer, who are Italian, wrote a tribute to her. Oh, Ilona Stoller. Okay. Okay, yes. Uh, she's Hungarian-Italian and a politician and a porn star. So we'll have to get to her pretty soon, I think. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I don't really have a great knowledge of hardcore films outside of the U.S. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've talked about some Jess Franco stuff just because I'm dialed into Jess Franco. Right. And we've had some Wassy Braun and Claude Mulot films and stuff. But right. yeah, we haven't gone too far afield. So yeah, we'll have to dig into her soon. Yeah. But now we got to dig into this one. Yes. Yeah, so Fallow Crest has, of course, Lena Romay in it. And then uh, several other people who may or may not be using real names here. Uh, I'd imagine that Sado Summers was probably not someone's Christian name. You don't think so? Uh, this is their only credit. Uh, Carmen Carrion uh, had been in several of Jess's films and uh, some other genre films in Europe in the time period. So she was kind of a name, but... Uh, for the most part, people go uncredited here. Uh, most people are credited under pseudonyms. Jess Franco is credited as director as Lenny Hayden. Yeah. Um, IMDb posits that Lena Romay co-directed it, which may be true. Yeah, I just saw that in uh, someone's little review of it. Um, so there's a, that's interesting. Uh, Stephen Thrower did say that in that Lena Romay was credited with directing several films that were really more just Jess, but I'd imagine that she was probably helping out the whole time, and perhaps mm. she did do enough that she would yeah. deserve a credit. I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe second unit director. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jess is also credited <laughs> with two writing credits, a story credit as Lowell Richmond and a written by credit for Preston Quaid. In cinematography, he was also credited as Terry De Corsia. Uh, Daniel White's credited with the music and uh, it was edited by Lena Romay. So what we get here is a parody of our 80s primetime soap operas with all of the weird stuff that you can put on film thrown at the screen at the same time. A lot of farcical elements. A lot of sex scenes with dialogue as weird jokes are being made. Um, more hard dicks than Lulu's talking ass. Yeah, some, some, some big hard dicks. Yeah, some big hard dicks. A lot of them that you see through kaleidoscope lenses. Yes, it's beautiful. He didn't. He should have done more of that in um, something like cries of pleasure yeah just a little because he didn't do like any cuts at all so a little <laughs> couple of visual tricks would have been nice yeah yeah i could definitely say that 
All right, so uh, Franco February's rolling on, so we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk more about Fallow Crest. trying to find like the most shocking moments from like falcon crest to see if i could like think of something funny to riff off of <laughs> all i could find was just someone's article about how there was like a who shot jr moment and they were surprised when it was one of the major characters on the show oh yeah um, yeah i guess that was important in the 80s right back then tv was crude and you mostly had to uh rely on three's company and such to uh, get you through yeah you had to rely on shows where you could hear the audience laugh yeah. so that you know when you were supposed to laugh uh, i don't know Sein- i don't know why seinfeld had a laugh track but it is one of those shows that has a laugh track i'm not saying that all shows with laugh tracks weren't funny yeah because uh, seinfeld definitely is and there are other yeah shows with laugh tracks that are funny uh, because that was just the style at the time yeah but uh I still like to criticize TV on the whole. Yeah. Especially of this period. Yeah, you like to get in there and spit right on the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of spitting on holes, let's talk about Fallow Crest. Okay, rip it up. Start us off. So, Fallow Crest opens with some shots of uh, some mountainside landscapes. And then we see a woman. And this is uh, Angela Channing. Is it Channing? Yes. This is Angela Channing, okay. the matriarch of the Channing family. Very good. The uh, people who own the vineyard at Fallow Crest. Unfortunately, this version that we found, which is subtitled, didn't subtitle the very beginning of the film. Uh-huh. So I don't know what she's saying, but... Yeah, I put, put the subtitles on and then it didn't appear and I was like, oh, maybe they don't work. And so we see her reaching towards a dildo that's suction cup to the table... We get that shot in a kaleidoscopic view. We see Angela reaching out and grabbing and rubbing the dildo. And then we cut to her stroking an erection. Then we get a bunch of cutaways to scenes that we would see later in the film. We see Melissa, Lena Romay's character, with uh, Cox on either side of her, stroking both as she looks over to a guy who smiles back at her. We see a guy on the phone. He's saying, don't waste time with auction. Sell, sell, sell. Yeah. The camera pans down and he's being blown as he's on the phone. He's a Wall Street bigwig. Yeah. Uh, when they were flashing the names, I didn't realize at first that they were supposed to be actor names. I thought they were character names. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they were just, like you said, not real names. Right, right. Like John First. Yeah. And Sado Summers. Angela continues to kind of ramble and voiceover. I didn't really take any notes of it because it was kind of nonsense. Uh, But we cut to some more dicks and uh, dildos and 
a little bit of uh, sucking and fucking, but uh, nothing really consistent because we just we're just kind of flashing forward to tastes of things to come. We see a couple sixty nining on a bed. The phone rings, and the woman says not to answer. He says it could be important. She says that he might go soft if he answers the phone, so he doesn't, and they keep at it. But the phone continues to ring, and he continues to be distracted, so he finally answers it. He confirms to the person on the other end that he'll be there, and finishes the conversation. He then explains to his partner there that it was his stepmother. She tells him she must be planning some stunt, and then notes that his dick indeed did get soft when he answered the phone. Yeah. Well, that's the way it goes. You can't, you shouldn't stay hard on the phone with your stepmom. That's true. Yeah. That's just common courtesy. Yeah. (laughs) So, the stepmother, Angela, uh, the woman from the beginning, we see her on the phone. She's talking to her butler and says that she really hopes that they take the bait. The butler looks up, and we see that he was going down on her. He says, of course they will, Mrs. Channing. She tells him to shut up and keep eating, stupid. He suggests that he could put something inside her. Uh, She ignores him and just reaches over and starts to make a phone call. She asks for Richard Channing. So this is her son. He's on the phone with her, and then someone comes in. I guess it's his assistant or secretary. She's five minutes late. She apologizes and offers to do some intensive work now. And so she gets down and starts to blow him as he continues to talk to his mother on the phone. Mm -hmm. He's he's tough to work for. Yeah, he's a real taskmaster. Yeah, he is. He continues his call saying, Today, employees just can't be trusted. We go back to Angela on the other end, and she's still getting oral from her butler. But he stops and pulls the hair out of his mouth and goes back at it. Angela tells Richard uh, on the phone that she's called to remind him about the party. They do some small talk for an extended period of time as they both continue to get oral. Yeah, it's it's the closest thing to incest without being incest. What's happening here? Right. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the butler stops giving oral again, noting that he has one of Madame's hair in his mouth. As it's at this time that he also mentions something about the dog, and the camera pans back to reveal that the dog was licking his ass while he was going down on uh, Angela. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he, the dog went there, but the dog did. <laughs> And, uh, In my mind, I was like, oh, he probably has peanut butter on his asshole, but I was sitting there thinking about that right now, and I was like, that was never explicitly said. You shouldn't just think that. This dog's just disgusting. <laughs> That's probably the explanation. The dog's just disgusting. <laughs> Richard finishes as his secretary strokes him a bit more. We cut somewhere else, and we hear some cries of pleasure. It's Melissa... Lena Romay's character, and she's getting fucked. And then her uh, husband comes in and suggests that they fuck softer because he's going to cut himself while he's shaving with them being so loud. 
he's so startled by the sounds of fucking that he almost cuts himself. Uh, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> Melissa is fucking some guy while her husband's shaving and getting ready. Uh, she's getting fucked missionary. Her husband answers the door and gets a message from somebody. He then walks into the bedroom and reads from it. It's an invite from Angela inviting him and Melissa, who is still getting fucked. He asks Melissa about it, and she says Angela's been so nice to her lately and suggests that she might want to see Melissa open her legs. So uh, her husband, and this is Lance, uh, goes and talks to the messenger once again who we just see his shadow in the shot, and it's uh, somebody in a motorcycle helmet. Yes, he rode his motor. He's a motorcycle messenger. Yeah. We see Lance walk out of the apartment, but the motorcycle helmet guy, the messenger, walks into the bedroom and watches Melissa getting fucked. He drops his pants and starts stroking himself. Melissa sees him and tells him not to do that but then tells him, come closer. He steps back at first and then slowly approaches her on the bed. She tells him not to waste sperm, tells him to come over, and she starts stroking him. And uh, she continues to get fucked. This messenger, I have to say, is very forward. Yes, he is. He just wandered in off the street after doing his job to fuck this guy's wife. Right. I don't think they ever had any kind of agreement about that yeah i don't know about that but i remember what i was going to say now why did she get a message and everyone else got a phone call maybe her mom knows that it's just hard to get her on the phone because she's getting railed all the time that's a good point if you to have her cuck husband uh take old messages at the door right (laughs) yeah 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 but yeah if you get rail all the time it's hard to get out of bed and get on the phone yeah you got your hands and your mouth busy exactly okay so lance walks back in and comments that melissa's really pumping it now (laughs) she invites him to join and he says he's got to go melissa tells him it better not be a woman and he says it's a real estate agent talking about some deal or something she says he better not cheat on her which is, of course, funny because she's banging two guys at the yeah. moment. Yes. Um, I wrote down, I forgot I wrote this down. I had a theory about the motorcycle helmet man. Okay. He, at the time, was wanted by Interpol, but had to be <laughs> in this movie. And they're like, well, we can't have you in the movie. You're a wanted criminal. Just fucking pop this helmet on. Don't take it <laughs> off. They can't identify you by your dick. <laughs> <laughs> Lance walks out of the room as Melissa is blowing the biker as she's getting fucked by the other guy. Lance then answers the front door and a woman walks in excitedly. Uh, It's a blonde woman and I don't know who she is. He tells her to calm down uh, and be quiet because her husband's there. (laughs) She asks where and he says that she's in the other room fucking his wife. She says her husband is such an asshole as she's grinding against Lance. She pulls his towel off and starts to blow him. As she's blowing him, she stops periodically to talk about her husband and stuff like that. 
we cut back to Melissa being fucked by one guy as she's blowing the other. Along the way, at one point, she says, Oh, I love the American system. I don't know what that means. Um, it's just the system she loves. Like, she loves, like, the whole thing. Economics, uh, <laughs> our culture, like, our foreign policy, uh, our system of measurements, you know? She's just into it. She thinks we have a world-class, uh, like, water management and treatment system. <laughs> As long as you don't live in certain parts of Michigan, that's largely true. Yeah, we do all right. Our water here is pretty good. Yeah, our our I'll, water here is known for being good. I'll drink it right out of a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> in the other room, we see Lance fucking the blonde uh, on a small table where her butt's just kind of leaning on it and her back's kind of against a mirror. They're talking more about their wife and husband in the other room. The guy that Melissa's blowing comes as he's stroking and she's licking it, and then the guy fucking her pulls out and comes on her pubes. Lance in the other room continues to rail the blonde and ends up pulling out and coming on her pubes. Melissa in the other room says that she loves this so much as she continues to lick and suck on the cock of the guy she was blowing and... The guy who uh, was fucking her continues to rub his cock against her pubes and rubbing her tits. We then cut to a woman smoking a cigar at a desk with a crop in hand. Uh, This is like the warden of a prison? I'm not really sure what this... She's the warden of somewhere. (laughs) Right? We know that. Or the commandant. I'm really... I don't think any of this might be like institutional... (laughs) well jess wasn't really known for bringing a lot of institutional realism to his films and this is the perfect example of that really this just looks like it could be any office there's no indication (laughs) that it's a prison or anything but i guess i'm gonna say it is uh i mean at one point it's said that she is you know imprisoned (laughs) that's not the same thing (laughs) joseph uh, fritzel imprisoned people they weren't in a prison they weren't in prison (laughs) Fair enough, I guess. Uh, so this, uh, I'm going to call her the warden or wardeness or whatever. Right, let's call her the warden. She's the wicked warden, like Ilsa. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, she calls over Olga and tells her to bring in that whore, Julia Channing. Yeah. Julia's brought in on all fours on a leash wearing some studded leather straps that don't really cover any uh, private areas. Yeah, see now I think this is my first inkling that this isn't on the level. (laughs) (laughs) Olga, who walked her in there, is wearing like a leather latex gear as well. uh, Covering a bit more than Julia has covered, but not much. Yeah, it just, like, reveals her nipples. Yes. Yes. Um, it's good stuff here at the ladies' leather prison. <laughs> the warden says that she just talked to Julia's mother, Angela, and uh, Angela wanted Julia to come to her party, and the warden says she didn't refuse. Julia asks if the warden knew her mother, and she says they went to school together, and they were very, very intimate. The warden then mentions Julia has been treated very well in this prison. She did say prison. Okay, that's good. 
but <laughs> the warden says Julia must pass three tests in order to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's not normal. Uh, no, especially when you get this list of tests. So, firstly, <laughs> she must eat the shit out of Olga's asshole. Okay. She says that this will be the easiest test, although once I saw the other tests, I don't agree with that. Yeah, this is like, this is a pretty extreme first test. Right. I think her hope is that she just wimps out on the first test and doesn't have to go through with the other two relatively easier tests. Well, and Julia says at that point that she'll just stay then, but uh, the warden crops her and says that after she's eaten the shit out of Olga's ass, she has the ideal drink for her. She says, you'll drink the piss that I spray into your mouth. Excellent. And then she says, thirdly, you'll work with two inmates from the men's prison. She says, that's not so bad. I thought it would be like the last time. Then the warden presents the two men, uh, and their faces are all covered in weird sores and stuff. Yeah, they look like they're doing this for heroin. Uh, Julia says they're handsome, regardless. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I think that other prison might just be like a concentration camp. (laughs) Maybe that's what this whole thing is. I really don't. It's hard to tell. I want to see the movie that this could be. (laughs) (laughs) Jess Franco solo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, He would really have nailed it. He would have. We then cut to Julia, who is... uh, Licking Olga's ass of a brown substance. See, I couldn't tell if there was, like, shit or just, like, discoloration or whatever, because the transfer we have is, like, looks like a VHS kind of rip. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of hard to see what some stuff is, but I suppose it might be feces or a a fake feces substance. I imagine that it is a fake feces substance uh, and not just a discoloration there. You're probably right. You don't think they made her eat real poop? Uh, I mean, they could have, but I don't feel like there was any reason to, especially since you don't see any of it coming out. Yeah, that's true. I so, guess that's, I is mean, that what people want to see? I just feel like if you're not going to show it coming out, you might as well just fake it. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm not really in the business mind when it comes to scat porn. Yeah, I think they said they used melted chocolate and salo. That makes sense. Yeah, and something else, but melted chocolate's what I remember. The warden says, that's it, Julia. Eat it all. She asks Julia how she likes it, and Julia says, it's not bad at all. Then we see Julia on the floor being peed on. Yes. Uh, We don't really see the pee coming out, so this could have been fake, too. Yeah, this could have been fake, but it's probably the most extreme Franco film that exists. In terms of fetish work. Certainly that I've seen. Yeah. um, And either way, it's our first, like, inter-oral water sports. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no one's drank any pee yet. There's been pissing on roses. There's been pissing in bowls. I think there was maybe some pissing on someone, but I don't remember seeing anybody drink any yet. But it's all blurring together. (laughs) The male prisoners watch on, and after a minute, they approach and corner Julia. They bend her forward, and as she stands, they start to fuck her. 
we get some close-up penetration shots here. And uh, the warden, who's sitting in a chair, pulls up her dress and starts rubbing the mouth part of her cigar against her vagina slowly. There's music going on, but it stops after a bit, and we just get the stark sound of what's happening. Um, Julie is pulled to the floor and starts blowing one of the guys, and the other guy starts to fuck her. The one she was blowing starts to stroke uh, right above her face. There's lots of weird and interesting facial expressions in this scene, Uh but eventually the two prisoners come on her face and pubes. We then get some establishing countryside shots, and we see some cars pulling up to the manor. One is the duo of Chase and Maggie, and the other is the duo of Melissa and Lance. So Lena Romay and her character's husband. Mm -hmm. Angela welcomes them to Fallow Crest. And uh, then we cut to everybody at a dinner table together, and we get some unsubtitled uh, dinner conversation mm-hmm. that I'm sure really wasn't important, but every little bit was probably entertaining in this film, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think so. Angela says her lawyer Simon has gone to Europe to make bad movies, uh, but she wanted to hold a reunion of what she describes as the most sophisticated citizens of Sados. Now, is Sados a country? Is it a region? Is it like a principality? I don't know. I assume that this was supposed to be in California. Uh, and I don't know what Sados is. It sounds... I think they're in Italy now. Maybe. It sounds vaguely European, and it sounds like the kind of place um, that still has like a Burgomeister or something. <laughs> <laughs> She demands that the butler serves wine from the vineyard to them with a new bottle. And so we see the butler go around and pour for everyone. Angela says that she'll reveal the source of their wealth, and she toasts to everybody's wealth. She says, Golden Seaman from 83, one of the best. Uh-huh. She says she picked the wine because it brings back memories. Julia notes that it tastes like cum. <laughs> Everyone giggles, and Julia says, don't act like you don't blow your husbands. There's some more back and forth, and Julia asks if they swallow or spit, which offends some. Julia notes they must not swallow. If they did, they'd know how good it is. Angela puts a stop to this conversation and tells Maggie that as head of the family, she's going to give her an order she can't refuse. She tells Maggie that she must suck chases cock here and now and must swallow the cum maggie is not happy with this she cries and says she'd rather die yes everyone else laughs angela tells chase again uh, maggie's husband to take off his pants which he reluctantly does angela toasts and takes a drink again and then says she's got to get it started herself so she Gets down and takes out Chase's cock as Maggie cries. Yes. And uh, Angela tells her to watch and she can learn something. She starts to play with Chase's cock and Maggie asks why his cock doesn't get that big with her as she's sobbing. (laughs) Everyone watches and giggles except for Maggie who continues to cry. Julia says she's going to help so she gets down with Angela and helps her sucking on Chase's cock. Um. 
Julia is the prisoner, right? Yes. Okay, she still has to wear her prison clothes. Well, yes, she's yeah. she's only gone for the day. She yeah, must she's wear her like prisoner a, gear. Yeah, she got like a day release thing because of Bill Clinton. <laughs> 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 she's going to go out, suck some dick, and then she has to go back to uh, sex jail. Yeah. <laughs> Chase starts to fuck Angela's mouth as she's blowing him. Meanwhile, Lance, Melissa's husband, is flirting with the woman he fucked earlier. Chase strokes and then uh, finishes, but he finishes in a wine glass that Angela holds. Fill it to the brim with molten, gooey cum. (laughs) No, it's like the bottom. The bottom gets some cum in it. Angela pours a little wine into the glass. Maggie cries that it's embarrassing to see her husband come in public. (laughs) This is uh, one of the best dinner scenes ever committed to film. (laughs) Yes. It's up there with the one in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, definitely. It's up there with uh, my dinner with Andre. (laughs) I didn't see that one, but I have to imagine that it rivals it. Angela takes a big swig from that glass with wine and cum, says it tastes wonderful, offering Maggie a taste, who declines and says it's gross. Julia tastes it, though, and says it's delicious, like the wine from Fallow Crest. Maggie is finally convinced to try it, and she says she's right. Melissa and then the other woman who is there uh, agree that it tastes good as well. Maggie says from now on she'll do it more often, and they all laugh. (laughs) Angela explained this performance was for two reasons. Firstly, she wanted everyone to know the importance of semen when it's mixed with wine. Yes, that makes a powerful power of it. Secondly, she wanted to show how excited everyone became over the taste of the combination. Yes. She says that their vineyards make wines with aphrodisiac qualities. Then she goes on to say she'll explain exactly how she learned of the combination. I think this is a similar drink to the one from the Bride's Initiation. It is a similar drink to that. similar concoction. Um, I think that it might be more of a potion in that one that we're mixing with than just regular wine. Right. There's a little bit more... um, Witchcraft involved. Yeah, it takes a little (laughs) bit more witchcraft to make a Dracula potion that won't turn you gay. (laughs) <laughs> right but um they don't have a crone here yeah there's no crone which is maybe one of the things this film lacks it doesn't however lack an old man with a rubber mask yes let's get to him he's great he looks like fucking gargamel <laughs> <laughs> he does <laughs> angela then goes into a flashback she says a while ago a friend of the family professor spencer visited Um, I don't know who actually plays Professor Spencer, but Stephen Thrower did mention in his book that it was voiced by Jess Franco. Okay. Angel explains that Professor Spencer was an alcoholic who became purple when he drank. We see Angela staring at him in his rubber mask. (laughs) His rubber old man mask. When he got too drunk, he started talking, and that conversation is how she discovered the secret of Fallow Crest. He'd never revealed the secret of the vineyards before. To demonstrate the secret of Fallowcrest Vineyards, he took out his cock and pounded the table with it. 
she said, since she is a sensual woman, she couldn't resist the temptation. So we get to see her getting down and starting to blow Professor Spencer here. <laughs> Professor Spencer says, you do that so well, you remind me of your grandmother. He tells her that when he comes, put it in a cup. He says, you'll see, the flavor won't change. So uh, he finishes in the glass, and we see Angela drink it down. She says, it's delicious, the taste's the same. We cut to a shot later. She says, hours later, he was still telling me Channing's secrets. When the vineyard started, the wine had an orange flavor, but that didn't stop them from making wine with it. The real test came with an ass-fucking contest in Sacramento. Okay, I guess I could see where you thought this is in California. You might be right. <laughs> this contest secured the reputation of Fallow Crest. Good. Now, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen many ass-fucking contests in my life. Okay, maybe that's something we can uh, investigate on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back us at patreon.com slash report. Yeah. You'll get uh, some bonus episodes, and you might be able to fund us getting to go to a real ass fucking contest. Yeah, and if you donate enough, even though there's only one tier, maybe you'll be in an ass fucking contest one day. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I can't guarantee that, but um, it's called. It's the prosperity gospel. It's the secret, you know? You just got to visualize it you got to put that money out into the world and it'll happen for you yes yeah. it could happen to you like it, it happened to us yeah you went to sacramento got fucked in the ass <laughs> so we cut to some uh doggy anal sex including some kaleidoscopic shots of professor spencer who uh, she notes was the witness of the ass fucking contest uh, both of the contestants were real men, but only one used the aphrodisiac wine from Fallow Crest. We get some weird overlaid shots of uh, butts and dicks and some doggy sex. I believe there's only actually one uh, person having sex, or one couple having sex here, though. Yeah, it's just um, it's shot in a such a way to fool you. But it is real anal, which is not something that we got in Lulu's Talking Ass. No, you wouldn't have been able to hear the ass. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but we get some weird uh, old man mask here as well with uh, the fucking... Lots of Spencer watching and kaleidoscope shots. Yeah. Um, so this is a good point to bring it up. The music in this film ranges from really annoying kind of like soft jazz mm -hmm. to like synth blur keyboard voyages yeah and i think this has some of the latter going on in it yeah yeah uh, it's a mixed bag <laughs> and so the ass fucking uh contest ends the guy pulls out and comes on the ass and uh the man who drank the aphrodisiac wine won we see another guy walk over trying to fuck a girl and just falling over. We then cut to see Professor Spencer jacking off in a grove. So, with the ass-fucking contest, is it fucking as many people as you can before you collapse, it seems like? Perhaps. It's hard to tell. They didn't really uh, establish the rules very well here. Okay, well, if we get to one, we'll really study the rule book. 
Yeah, we want to make sure that we go in with a full understanding of the sport. Yeah, you don't want it to be like Magic the Gathering where you show up with like a deck of cards that have been like <laughs> declared illegal for tournament play. <laughs> uh, yes. As Spencer's jacking off in the grove, he says something about the how the wine used to taste like oranges, so he made the oranges taste like sex, fertilizing them with semen. Oranges with the delicious taste of cum, he says. Thanks to the cum of our ancestors, Angela says in narration, the wine today has the taste of semen. She says she's taking the next step now and introducing Fallowcrest Champagne. That's why I brought you here, she says, to taste it. Then we see some internal monologue for Angela, and she says, in a few moments, the Fallowcrest Champagne will take over clouding their senses and reason. She says she wants that bitch to sign those papers at the right moment. So this is where the film turns into just a bunch of commingling amongst people. Yeah. It, and it's it, hard to keep track of everybody. Yeah, it does do that um the Carlos Tobolina thing where it breaks down into an orgy. Yes. That's pretty uh chaotic. Yes. Uh so I tried to keep track of them, but um, we see Richard flirting with the blonde that Lance fucked earlier in the film. Uh, then he walks over to Melissa and flirts with her. Angela says as she felt the drink take over, she took some necessary steps. She watches the others and uh, she calls over Julia. She starts to make out with Julia before she plops onto the couch Angela then giggles and calls over Maggie. Julia is laying on the couch with her legs spread, and uh, Maggie is kind of pulled towards Julia and uh, resists at first, but finally uh, they sit down next to each other. Angela asks Maggie if she likes Julia's cunt. Maggie is really reserved at first, but Angela gets her to start to uh, touch Julia's vagina. The blonde that Lance was uh, flirting with earlier starts to kiss him. And then Melissa gets up and pulls Lance away from her, but starts to make out with her herself. We see Richard go into the room with Maggie and Julia. Maggie starts to blow Richard and Julia joins in. Then Julia lays back on the couch and Richard starts to fuck her as Maggie kisses his back. Then she lays on the floor and starts to lick his balls as he's fucking Julia. Lance, Melissa, and uh, the girl that Lance fucked earlier start making out. Then Angela calls Melissa over. She wants her to blow Chase, but Chase says he just wants Maggie, his wife. Melissa leads him away anyway. At this point, Angela hands her butler some papers. She says to put them in the safe when they're signed, and then she'll blow him. The butler notes that Miss Channing is very smart, because she will be getting 60% of the profits, and everybody else will be getting 5% each. Yeah. Uh He howls with laughter. Melissa sits down in a room with Lance, and uh, the blonde that Lance was with starts to rub on Chase. Lance approaches Melissa and starts to make out with her, and then the two women go at it. Meanwhile, Richard's fucking Julia, 
He pulls out and comes on Maggie's face, and she's on the floor under him. Uh, Julia and Maggie kiss and lick on his cock more. Melissa is going down on the unnamed blonde, and they start to make out. The butler then approaches Melissa as she's giving oral and asks her to sign papers. She keeps pushing him away, but he keeps pestering her, and finally she just grabs the papers and signs it without looking at him. He says thanks and goes away as she goes back to licking nipples and making out. Chase runs in the room where Maggie and Julia are making out. He tells Maggie to stop that, calling her a dyke and saying that he's leaving as he's pulled away from them. Angela tries to calm Chase down. The butler then gets Julia to sign the papers, interrupting her, and she goes back to 69ing with Maggie. Uh, Melissa and the other blonde are 69ing. Angela then invites a guy that I can't place to join Julia and Maggie in the living room. And uh, he starts making out with Julia as Maggie is masturbating on the floor. We see more of Melissa 69ing with the blonde. And then Maggie and Julia are both blowing that dude. Angela then calls everybody over to her. One of the guys says that Angela's a liar and a thief, but they recognize her as the head of the family and they forgive her. And so all the guys gather around Angela and she starts stroking and sucking everybody. And then all of the women join in, coming down around her uh, bottom half, kissing her legs and going down on her and such. And so there's just a uh, lot of humanity surrounding Angela and giving her pleasure. Some very powerful wine. Yes. The butler taps and says he wants to eat some too. Then we cut to some establishing countryside shots, and then Finn, and the movie's over. Yep, just cuts off. And that was Fallow Crest. Yep. What a ride. Yeah, it's got to be one of the more unique Jess Franco films. Uh, that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. It's quite something. Yeah. All right, well, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give our thoughts on Fallow Crest. Okay. Voy a desvelaros el gran secreto de la riqueza de los Channing. Mitigated piece of trash. Oh, hello. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, yes, we are back on the Raincoat Report, and it's time for the Raincoat Review. So we'll turn things over to our review specialist, Jeremy. How did I become the review specialist? I don't know. He just kind of tossed it to me one day and... You've been just letting me fumble over my words ever since. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> um, no, this was an exciting entry for Franco February, and it's been a pretty nice change up from there not being very much sex in any of the other films. Yeah. This one goes a uh, full bore. It sure does. You know, it gives you a, it gives it to you any which way you like it, as long as you like bestiality, scat, and water sports. And yeah. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's um 
is a lot of fun to watch. It's definitely a very strange film. It does not feel a whole lot like a Franco film. It does kind of have this feeling of being made just to satisfy like the adult parody market that probably existed at the time and was kind of coming into its own. Right. Because it's 87 and that stuff really blossomed in like the mid like the early to mid 90s, right? And you got like your super hornio brothers and Yeah, I think that, you know, it's it's still going. Yeah, it it's started at this point. I mean, yeah. you know, you can go back to even the 70s and you have like examples of that sort of thing. Yeah, like but hard they, soap, hard soap. Right. Your uh, hot and saucy pizza girls and the young like it hot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you're right in the sense that like something else kind of happened later on. I'd, yeah. I'd say it was probably starting around this time. Yeah, like more direct parodies of stuff instead right. of stuff that was say more influenced. Sure, like sure. to the point where you have like today is uh, like it's not the Simpsons triple X Simpsons parody or <laughs> whatever uh, the horrors that have been unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> but. No, this film is a lot of fun. I think the comedy elements of it work pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the dog licking the ass was not something I thought we were ever, we were going to get, but uh, it had me laughing. I was it, like, ah, look at that dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's licking a butt. <laughs> um, he's licking some hairy butler's butt. Uh, I would say maybe the most Franco-like thing in this, uh, if you just had to like pick out like little elements of his style is maybe the butler being kind of a weird henchman yeah i can see that he doesn't get up to quite enough in this but he's pretty active in the schemes and uh being really sycophantic to his uh mistress right so that's cool i'm just trying to think about like where it fits into like his larger body of work but like you said this is one of the last ones he made for kind of several years it seemed like yeah, as far or, he, he he did some. You like, said he had some action films, some like action and thriller yeah. stuff that came in the years following this. But yeah, it was it wasn't until '96 where he did something uh, more erotic. Right. So, so this is uh, last hurrah in that sense, and uh, I think it's a pretty good way to uh, semi-retire. Right. Uh, the acting in this film is just whatever. To be honest, none of these people are really anyone well-known i don't think most of them have credits um yeah it's just kind of one of those things it seems like it was thrown together pretty quick with who was a hand and one of those people just happened to also be lena romay right uh the music as i said earlier sort of it kind of varies between annoying peanuts vince garialdi style soft jazz and uh someone experimenting on their moog right um it's, it's it's decent it's a little annoying at points uh but overall i would say this film is a uh, well worth sneaking down the the slippery paths of life and checking it out yeah um in a way i was thinking about it it's kind of uh the plot reminds me just very very superficially of uh Wes Anderson's The Royal Tenenbaums, where there's a bunch of, like, <laughs> dysfunctional adult children who are called back home by their uh, overbearing, uh, like, family head. Yeah. Um, 
can you imagine if Gene Hackman had just been coming in wine glasses all day and then um, Owen Wilson would have to drink them? Or oh, Owen Wilson? The other one. Luke? I don't remember I which. I think it was Owen Wilson. I think it's Owen Wilson. He had to drink all of Gene Hackman's cum. <laughs> and for that, I give this film three and a half stars. Okay. Yeah, this film has a lot going on. Um, I kind of went into it expecting it to not be very good. Yeah, that's and understandable. It, and uh, it definitely exceeded my expectations. It mm-hmm. took me on a ride, and uh, that's something that I really appreciate in a film. Uh, it was something that I could not have prepared myself for. And uh, so the whole situation around watching it was uh, thrilling. Yes. Of course, we have Lena Romay here, and that's almost always a positive. Although, you know, her uh, role in this as a hardcore film isn't quite as... uh, Particularly meaty. There's not much to it for her. Yeah, the fact that there are a ton of characters and most of them aren't incredibly developed certainly hurts the film. I mean... She has more development than most, in, just in the sense that, like, it's established that she's cucking her husband. Right. Uh, which is more than a lot of the characters get for their characters. Yeah. Really, Angela's the only one with any, like, thorough background or anything. And it's really just because she uh, narrates, like, a couple of flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's... Characters are painted in very broad strokes, though. I'm still fascinated by Julia yeah, and, and her <laughs> whole situation. Yeah, there was definitely more to be mined from that well uh, that would have certainly worked if Fallowcrest had been an ongoing series. Right. Perhaps a weekly series in prime time. Oh, man. Just Franco's <laughs> prime time erotic <laughs> soap opera. It'd be wonderful. What time that would have been. <laughs> I feel like Tipper Gore would not have been pleased. She, I don't know if they would have, they wouldn't have made it to the States. They would have stopped that at the border. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the kind of thing I could look forward to uh, finding grimy VHS rips of. Yes, it would have been wonderful. Yeah. Uh, instead, we have just this, and we were only able to find a grimy VHS rip of it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it gets a more uh, pristine release at some point in the future. Yeah, Severin, uh, we'll see. Should get, Severin should get on doing the hardcore films of Franco. Yeah, they really should. They've uh, shied away so far. They've been fucking around with House of Lost Women or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> Uh, that one was wild in a different way. I fell asleep, but when I fell asleep, a lady had just been, like, masturbating, like, wandering around the house for a while, and just masturbating in different rooms. Yeah, that's more or less the plot. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but beyond that, uh, this film kind of lacks in real narrative development. It, uh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that the sex scenes are very erotic, which is something that Jess is always, well, almost always able to pull off in his softcore films mm-hmm. and never, at least in the ones that I've seen, has really landed in his hardcore films. Yeah. Um, but the weirdness of everything going on, the nonstop gags, 
and all of the questions that the film asks and never answers uh, definitely kept me intrigued. And this mm-hmm. is a special entry into Jess Franco's filmography. Yeah. I think that our listeners owe it to themselves to track this down if they're at all interested in what we've said. Yeah. And uh, experience it for themselves because nothing can really prepare you for Fallow Crest. Well said. Uh, but, uh, you know, you have to take into account uh, its shortcomings like those that I've mentioned. I'd say the soundtrack is fine, but no better than fine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it it's, it's really rocky in a lot of ways, but it's something special. So I'm giving it three and a half stars. All right. Good to be in agreement. So that is week three of... Franco February, we have one left. Yes. Uh, we also have just launched our Patreon, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, but this we is should the give... official plug. Yeah, this is yeah. this is the official pitch. So if you guys go to patreon.com slash raincoat report, we now have our Patreon open. It is five dollars a month. You get a podcast feed with all of our episodes so far with no ads. You get early access to the episodes. Uh, whenever I'm done editing them, they'll go up. Mm-hmm. How early that is may vary week to week, but you'll get it as soon as it's ready to go. And most importantly, every other week you'll have an exclusive bonus podcast that me and Jeremy are working on. Yeah, um, we're going to record one uh, right after this. Yeah, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, We have one episode up already. It was recorded when Jeremy was quarantining over the internet, so um, it's a little rough around the edges, which is kind of a bummer for it to be our first one, but what are you going to do? Right. Um, But it's still, it's an entertaining conversation. I think it was pretty good when I was editing it. I liked it, so. It's fun. We get into, uh, on this one in particular, uh, we get into a little bit about some of the other non-pornographic films we've been watching over the past month or so. Yes. Uh, they range from Disney classics to uh, straight-to-video film starring Billy Blanks? Uh, yes. Billy Banks? I don't know. Was... Billy Blanks. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, the master of Taibo. Yes, the master of Taibo. Um, so, if that sounds interesting to you, you can check it out. We're going to probably be covering a lot of other stuff on there books uh pornography adjacent films uh internet pornography internet pornography uh books that i find in the street uh various trash yeah trash i'm gonna buy some old porno mags from some people on the internet and i'm gonna be spraying them with the solution to get the pages unstuck <laughs> <laughs> And your $5 a month will go to uh, just furnishing me with enough solution to both clean the magazines and get a little high (laughs) off of it. (laughs) I mean, what else could you want? Yeah. um, So, yeah, it's it's a great way to support us. Uh, Even if you don't want any of those benefits, if you wanted to just throw us a few bucks a month through our Patreon, hey, that's support. That's uh, that's welcomed as well. Yeah. this is maybe a little more, uh, what would you call this? This is more uh, on the up and up than us just begging you for 
to send money to a Gmail account. Right. <laughs> yes, uh, this is something where we are promising to deliver things, and we will deliver those things so that people don't get angry and decide never to give us money anymore. Yeah, let's... I don't know. But for our... Let's list- do a rug pull. <laughs> <laughs> for our listeners who can't really contribute anything, that's cool, too. Yeah. We might joke about you being freeloaders every now and then, but we're going to continue to do the free podcast every week. Yeah, that's not stopping. So uh, you can continue to listen to our sultry voices talk to you about porn for free. Yeah. But Um, if you do have a little extra to give uh, and want to have some exclusive content, patreon.com slash raincoat report. Yeah, and if you, like he said, if you want to... If you don't have the money to financially support us, you know, rate, review, uh, subscribe to us on your apps, you know, get some numbers up. Yeah, tell a friend. Yeah, tell your friend. Tell tell a stranger. Yes, tell people that you've never met before. I think I'm going to start producing. I'm going to start producing little uh, comics that you can just hand out (laughs) about the about pornography. Is it going to be like those little religious comics? Yeah, yeah. It's just like those, um, but they're all about you and me and our adventures. I love it. Yeah, and um, coming to a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, This is becoming rambly. All right, so Instagram and Twitter at RaincoatReport, RaincoatReport at gmail.com if you want to email us. Uh, if you're going to a family reunion to taste the new wine from your family's vineyard, um, make sure it's not full of cum unless you want to drink cum. And uh, don't forget your raincoat. Don't forget your raincoat. You're going to need it for the orgy. Yes. Bien que lo comen.